Spirituality gets a lot of side-eye these days, and admittedly, some of it is pretty well-deserved. Things can feel a little bit floaty, a little bit out there, and more than a little weird. But I promise, it's not that crazy. It just needs to feel a little more human. And that, my friends, is why I'm here. I'm your host, Caitlin, and my goal is to take the super woo and bring it back down to planet Earth. Whether you're spiritually curious, spiritually closeted, or just a spiritual seeker who's itching to take things a little less seriously, there's something here for you. This is a Soulfire Productions podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the show. I am so glad you're here. I am coming at you live from NorCal once again. I was just in Southern California, San Diego specifically for a couple of weeks. It was really fun. Such a good trip. I just love the energy of San Diego, but also... I have a ton of friends there that I didn't in the past see very often, so it was really nice to spend some time with them there. I feel like I'm going to be seeing them a little bit more often because I'm planning a couple more trips down there in the coming month, but it was just so lovely. I mean, like I said, San Diego just has such a great energy, but also like the type of connections that I had while I was there this time, I had three days in a row, I think, that I had like three hour plus conversations. Um, I went to lunch and we just ended up staying there for hours and hours and hours. And it was the type of conversation where it just felt like no time had passed at all. And you (laughs) almost wake up, well, not wake up, but leave, you know, three and a half hours later. And you're like, wow, I literally feel like that was one hour, if that. So it was just really nice to connect in that way with people that I hadn't seen in a while. So very excited to be going back in a couple of weeks, but also very excited for this camping trip that I'm about to go on up to the Redwoods. Just giving you a little life update, (laughs) life chats before we jump into the meat of the episode today. So yeah, why don't we just jump in? I feel like I usually say I'm excited for episodes and that's true. And it's true for this one too. But There's also a little bit of a different energy that I'm feeling about this one, and in a way, it feels a little bit more profound Uh, because I'm sharing a little bit of a vulnerable piece of my story is part of it, but also, I think what I'm kind of realizing, or really, I was more so realizing this (laughs) last night, I was driving back from SoCal up to NorCal. And I was voice noting myself in the car, very long drive. (laughs) And like I said in another episode, I love doing these long drives by myself and just having all of the time and space to just hang out with me. But anyway, I was voice noting myself while I was in the car yesterday. And I was talking specifically about what I wanted to record for this episode, just getting my thoughts out. And I actually ended up kind of connecting some pretty big dots for myself in that voice note. And, you know, it was one of those moments where a bunch of pieces of your life all of a sudden start to come together and things start making sense. And you're kind of just like, wow, I get it now. (laughs) All of these different twists and turns and all of that sort of thing, you finally understand where it was leading you. And so it just felt really big. And like, as I was talking it out yesterday, I, I really did feel like something landed in my being. Like I felt it in my body too, as I was kind of connecting all these dots and putting these puzzle pieces together. 
I'll circle back to this a little bit at the end of the episode. So, yes, it's exciting because I love recording these and sharing with you all, but I also really do kind of feel this big shift in my body having, like I said, started to connect these dots. And what I'm going to cover today is really just one piece of it. There's so much more that I want to say than just what I'm going to cover in this episode. No one is shocked. <laughs> per usual, I have a ton more to say. But, you know, we'll get to all that in later episodes. But yeah, I just kind of wanted to share that this feels a little bit deeper and bigger to me than just the normal excitement that I share before these episodes. And I kind of hope you can feel that as I'm talking this through with you. I'm excited. <laughs> Can't wait to share it all with you, obviously, and to hear what you think. But yeah, it just feels a little bit different as we're we're entering this one. So without further ado, let's jump in. I want to talk today about this idea of rewriting your narrative or said another way, choosing a new reality for yourself. But I want to put it in a little bit more of human terms and kind of unpack that a little because I feel like, you know, when we talk about choosing a new reality, that sort of thing, the association sometimes is to go to the super or maybe not super, but sort of out there, you know, law of attraction stuff and the frequency shifts and all of that. But what I'm talking about today is not really the out there woo-woo type of manifestation. I mean, I guess we could kind of call it manifestation in a way if we wanted to, but I'm going to unpack the word manifestation, that concept in a different episode another time. So I don't really want to touch on that word too much, but it's kind of more than that. I want to use the story of very specifically confronting the literal deepest fear of my life so far and on the other side of that creating a different story for myself literally creating a different reality you know choosing a different experience because i think through the lens of this story you'll see that it's really not this wild really out there type of process i mean sure there are people who talk about it in you know all those other terms that i was mentioning and it, it can feel a little bit out there and I totally get that. And honestly, I'm here for it. I'm here for all the woo, as you know, all the spiritual stuff. I'm into it. But through the lens of this story, I think hopefully you'll come to understand that this is really a much more tangible, physical, grounded experience than I think it is often made out to be. Again, like it's really not that crazy to borrow from the title of the show again. So, I want to start by touching on something that I alluded to in the very first episode, you know, growing up and witnessing my mom and her MS. In that episode, I told you that I wasn't going to get into some of the kind of stickier parts of that experience just yet. I kind of highlighted some of the beautiful learnings and all of that that I had, which all of those are true and very valid and very real. But this is one of the things that I was alluding to then that we're going to get into now. And I think it's important to mention that I would not have been able to admit this to you if you had asked me way back when, um, for the longest time growing up, really. But my deepest subconscious fear 
for much of my life. Again, I wouldn't have been able to tell this to you, but it was that I would end up in a body that didn't work anymore. Or, you know, maybe not completely shut down, but at least not work completely the way that it should. And it wasn't like I had anybody telling me that this was going to happen, right? Nobody told me directly that I was going to end up sick or anything like that. Simply by observing, you know, my mom with her MS and hearing little comments here and there about how MS is genetic and it's more common in women, you know, just little things like that. I basically absorbed and took on this belief that that was my fate, that I was going to end up, you know, if not with MS, then something like that. And I can remember having these passing thoughts, you know, like I mentioned, I played soccer for many, many years growing up as well. And I can remember having the passing thought that like, oh, I probably won't be able to play soccer one day. And just kind of moving on with my life. And, you know, a similar one I can remember, it was about dance that, you know, one day I probably won't be able to dance again. And just getting back to whatever I was doing. I feel like I can remember a specific moment sitting at my desk. I had a corner desk in my room and doing homework. I don't remember what age I was, but doing homework, just kind of looking up, having that thought and then getting right back to it. So really fleeting thoughts. At this point, I say this from a place of you know, non-attachment because of all of the healing work that I've done around this specific fear. But it does kind of make my heart hurt for my younger self, you know, just to reflect on, you know, thoughts like that. And the fact that I was holding on to this and really not aware of it, like that's a really big thing to carry. And so I just have a lot of compassion, you know, for my younger self for holding that. And, you know, like I said, it was a really deep subconscious fear. I was really not consciously aware of it at the time. I feel like there are always those conversations that you have in different scenarios growing up, like getting to know you things or just with friends or things like that, where, you know, people would ask you, what are you afraid of? Or what's your biggest fear and all that sort of thing. And like, I remember having those conversations. I would never, ever, ever in a million years have said that, you know, I was afraid of getting sick or something like that because it, it literally was not conscious. I just, I literally was not aware of it at the time. The fleeting thoughts, you know, like I just mentioned, those didn't register back then. It was almost like my mind really had blocked them out to try to protect me and really had blocked this fear out to try to protect me too. I think that I remember them now because, you know, as a part of all the healing work I've done around this fear, it really did create a sense of safety for me that allowed them to resurface. Like side note, how fucking incredible is the human mind that it can compartmentalize, you know, pain, trauma in that way? I mean, it, it's truly amazing to me that that we just have this defense mechanism in a way, but uh, I digress. <laughs> I would never have told you, or rather, I would have told you something like my fear was being home alone or afraid of the dark or maybe being alone in the dark because I was afraid of those things. Uh, they were more present for me. And I have some theories as to why, you know, those were my top of mind fears. Uh, that's a conversation for another time. Fast forwarding, and again, I, I referred to this in the first episode, kind of that Sparknotes version of how I got 
into my health journey. The toxic job that got me overly stressed, the disordered eating, the exercise addiction, all of those different pieces that kind of came together at the same time. And I ended up with, you know, completely burned out adrenals. My hormones were all over the place. I came off birth control as well. So I had amenorrhea for a time. You know, I didn't have my period for, I don't know, something like a year. I had leaky gut. I had SIBO. I had elevated autoimmune antibodies. And that last one, the elevated autoimmune antibodies, um, we'll call them ANA. That's the blood test. So these elevated ANA levels, those were, or that was, the thing that was probably most alarming for me, even before this fear had resurfaced. They made me really nervous because I, you know, I didn't want to end up with an autoimmune condition after witnessing my mom her journey with it for all those years. But like, I want to reiterate again, at this point, I still was not present to this specific fear. And I really wasn't aware of how deep it went. I was just, you know, nervous that I was close to, or what I felt like was closer than comfortable to that reality. And so there came this point months into my healing journey Uh, Working with my functional medicine doctor, I had been on a bunch of different protocols, you know, gut healing protocols, all sorts of stuff. I had changed so much about my diet, so much about my lifestyle, my activity levels, all the things, you know, prioritizing sleep, doing what I felt like was everything right. But the ANA levels, for whatever reason, they just kept creeping up. You know, I'd even taken the food sensitivity. Oh, my God. Why is that word so hard right now? Food sensitivity tests. Tongue twister. And cut out the foods that came up on that, you know, trying to go as deep as possible and as comprehensive as possible with what we were targeting. And still, they just kept creeping up and up and up. And I remember getting pretty overwhelmed, uh, kind of defeated. And, you know, I wasn't going to give up by any means. I was still, you know, fighting the good fight and trying to do everything right as much as possible. But it was honestly starting to get a little bit scary, a little bit nerve-wracking at this point. And I can remember this specific day, you know, this one appointment with my functional medicine doctor, who was just the nicest human being. But my antibodies were so high at that point that he was like, you know, we really should consider sending you to a rheumatologist. Uh, At the time, I was actually having symptoms, like I was having constant joint pain. It was awful as a, I don't know, 23-year-old or however old I was to have joint pain like you're an arthritic old person. No shade to arthritic old people. Literally, I feel your pain. You know, he was saying to me, like, there's this integrative rheumatologist. I don't really remember where he said it was at this point, but he was like, we should probably make an appointment for you, for you to go see them. And honestly, that really freaked me out. That conversation really did freak me out. I remember my heart kind of racing, you know, the adrenaline pumping a little bit, uh, getting flushed and and just really kind of freaking out a little bit. Didn't, you know, lose it in the office. Didn't start crying or anything like that. No shame, even if I had, you know, no judgment or anything like that. But I remember that I that I was able to hold it together. And the real breakdown happened when I had my next call check-in with my nutritionist 
um, slash health coach. She is just truly, again, one of the loveliest human beings. Everyone that I worked with as part of this clinic is just amazing. I love them so much. But I was talking about this, you know, this appointment and and what we had talked about with the doctor on our next call. And at this point, I just completely broke down. You know, I was crying. I was sitting, I remember, on the floor of my old apartment at the coffee table, broke down. You know, nobody else was home. Honestly, pretty terrified. And it was at some point during this conversation, I don't remember what I said, but I finally admitted to the fear. Like, it fully resurfaced. And... I'll never forget one of the things that she said to me during that conversation. She said, that's not your story. That's your mom's. And that really struck me because it was the first time that I ever really made the connection that some of these things that we play out, you know, these patterns, these choices that we make, they aren't necessarily ours and they aren't necessarily our stories. We've taken on someone else's and they become ours and we're playing them out, but they're, they're really not when you really boil it down, you know, our stories and, you know, a little side note here, this is just how kind of a human she is after me breaking down on this call. She sent me a book, the walls protocol, if you've heard of it, and if you're not familiar It's by a really incredible doctor with a really incredible story, Dr. Terry Walls. She had a very, very advanced form of MS and, you know, was wheelchair bound, um, all that much more severe than my mom's. But Dr. Terry Walls, she completely healed her MS using diet and lifestyle interventions. And if that's not proof that diet and lifestyle can do some pretty amazing things for you, I really don't know what is. And it was really special because I also got to share that book with my mom. I read it, you know, told her about it, gave it to her after I was done with it, which was really impactful too. I think I told you in episode one that one of the things that I always have really wanted to do is to help people like my mom. And this was kind of a full circle moment with this book. You know, it's literally the disease that my mom has. But anyway, I digress. My nutritionist wrote a really kind note in the book and and included it in there about how healing was totally possible. And, you know, again, it's it's not my story. And quite literally showed me through this book that it was completely possible to experience a new reality by making certain changes. And again, a lot of these changes are really tangible, like have to do with your human, your body, like all of that, that sort of stuff, the diet, the lifestyle. And at this point in my healing journey, I was literally willing to do anything for that not to become my story, you know, not to play out the same story that my mom was, to write a different one for myself. And a lot of that also was, you know, mindset, belief work. So again, not super out there stuff. I had to over and over and over and over and over and over again, choose the new belief that I could heal, that I could be well, and, you know, even that I deserve to be well. 
which is something I think we don't think about sometimes is <laughs> what do we actually believe we deserve? And I'm going to be completely honest. It was hard as shit. Like I'm in the thick of this healing journey. My body feels like absolute fucking shit. My joints hurt all the time. Like I remember even my skeleton felt like it hurt, if that even makes sense. Like to this day, I almost don't even know how to accurately describe some of the sensations that I was feeling in my body at the time. The closest way I can describe some of it is that I almost felt like I was hollow. Like I just didn't have anything inside of me and like nothing there providing the energy to hold me up. I don't know. It was very bizarre. Really hard to describe. <laughs> but in the midst of feeling like complete shit, I had to choose over and over and over again in the decisions that I was making, in the tangible actions that I was taking every day to choose the reality that I wanted. And, you know, similarly, I had to also choose the mental conversation that aligned with what I wanted to experience. I wanted to live in a body that was healthy and whole. I wanted to have boundless energy and vitality. I wanted to have a body that was resilient, you know, all of these things I would choose over and over and over and over again, even when I had no fucking clue how it was going to happen. I still chose it. And these things together, you know, the, the physical actions and choices that you make, the diet, the lifestyle, the sleep, all of that sort of stuff, the beliefs and the mindset, you know, all of that literally within your human body, you know, your human vessel. At this point, I'm not even into energy work or anything like that, like not trying to align with my soul's purpose and all that stuff. Even though, you know, fast forwarding to now having experienced the rest of what I've experienced, I guess. And, you know, I believe that that part of it is really, really, really massively important. You know, you're a consciousness that's connected to a soul that's in a body. There's kind of no other way I can describe it because that's, you know, pretty much been my experience. But if we stick with what I was really experiencing at the time and what I was choosing at the time, I'm just choosing different thoughts. I'm just choosing different actions that are aligning with the narrative that I want for myself. And so all of this to say really you know, two things, I think. Number one is that you are literally more powerful than any fear or belief that you have about yourself or your life. It might feel overwhelming and scary and all of that, whatever else comes with this, but whatever you choose for yourself, you can literally rewrite the narrative of whatever it is you believe or you're experiencing. Like I'm living, walking, breathing proof of that, that you can choose a different story, create a different reality for yourself. I am not experiencing the same reality now. I'm not interacting with the world in the same way. I don't feel the same way about myself, about my life, any of that, that I did at this point that, you know, the story that I'm, that I'm telling you. and. You don't have to take 
what some people might consider these crazy, wild, out there steps to get there. You know, it's like not, we're not even talking about the energy work at this point. We're not even talking about the frequency work, all of that kind of stuff, which I think those can be really fucking helpful. I'm not going to lie. But you don't have to. They're not necessary. And the other thing that I want to say, which I think I probably already kind of said it in a way, is that you get to rewrite your narrative at any point. You get to choose differently for yourself at any point. Like if there's something in your life that doesn't feel aligned for you, if there's something that doesn't feel good to you, if there's something that even a tiny part of you would want to be different, you get to have that. And you deserve to have that as long as it's for the, you know, highest good of all. And it's a loving choice. You know, we're not talking about doing harm, any of that, but, but whatever it is, you get to have it and you deserve to have it. Whether it's a job that lights you up and you're not in one now or relationships that are more intimate and more fulfilling and you're not experiencing those right now, or even if it's I don't know, material stuff, like a specific sports car that you've always wanted or something like that. You can create any of that for yourself if you're willing to take the steps to get there. If you're literally willing to, like I've said a few times, like choose over and over and over and over again, these new choices, you get to rewrite the narrative of your life over again as many times as you want. and. That specific idea of rewriting the narrative of your life over and over again, like I've used that language a few times during this episode for a reason, which this is one of the kind of connecting the dots moments that I put together. And I want to share this piece as I wrap up because really it did feel like something landed in my being when I made this connection. And the connection is this. So I have a channel in my human design chart. It's the 1333, the only channel I have to find in my entire chart. That might not make any sense to some of you, and that's okay. But when this specific channel was first described to me in my very first human design reading by my favorite human design guru, Katie Calder, shout out Katie, she's the fucking best. <laughs> if you're listening, what's up? And that was the language that she used, you know, rewriting the narrative of your life over and over again. And I think when I first heard that, I really associated it with stories, you know, like something passed down in an oral tradition, maybe ancient cultures or even written stories, you know, like in books. But what I realized literally just last night as I was voice noting all of these thoughts and ideas to myself, jotting them down so I could remember what I wanted to say in preparation for this episode is this this rewriting the narrative of my life it's literally through my physical experience it's not just you know going back in time in my head and rewriting the story of my life you know changing the way i view my past that sort of thing it's literally moment to moment, creating and having a different experience of the world that I interact with and move in every single day. I'm not sure if that's the traditional interpretation of this channel. And, you know, honestly, it, it wouldn't even really matter because human design is really 
this big experiment and everyone's experiment, not experiment, experience and interpretation of it is going to be, you know, as unique to them as their design, as their chart is. Like I was saying, like, that's how you rewrite your story. By changing the narrative of your, of your life, by changing your physical experience, it's not looking into your past and deciding to tell your story differently. It's in real time, changing your trajectory, literally changing who you are and how you show up. And, you know, maybe, maybe not fully changing who you are. Maybe it's just growing or evolving. But in that growth and evolution, you begin to experience and move through life differently. And I'll note, I guess, that this is one of the things that I really love so much about human design is that it's not so much of it or, or it's not so much an intellectual experience like so much of it actually lands in your being. It lands in your body. Like as I was voice noting this for myself last night, I was having chills when all of this was kind of coming together. I was touching on this a little bit at the beginning of the episode, but it makes me think too of how my friend and mentor Christina talks about life being this scavenger hunt if you're open to it, right? You follow the breadcrumbs and you're not really sure where it's going to go until you get there. And you know, it's kind of this wild, fun adventure. And this really, to me, felt like one of those breadcrumb moments. Like, yes, it's fun and exciting and all of that, but also just the timing of it. Again, no coincidences. What I'm connecting also about myself and what really feels like, you know, my purpose on this earth, if you will. I'm in the midst of right now, you know, creating and birthing this brand new program that I'm so excited about. It walks you through literally how to rewrite your narrative through your physical experience, you know, by optimizing your mindset and your your body and your emotional experience and your energetic experience, like all of these levels that literally are contained within your human being. And it is freaking packed with information and like it just keeps growing it kind of baffles me how much more there is i think i'm i think i'm complete with it and then i have another download about something else to to add it's really it's been so much fun the amount of education and knowledge and life experience like the tools and the strategies that i'm providing like it's massive and it's kind of fun because it doesn't stop growing anyway I'm I'm really excited to be creating this and sharing it. It really does feel amazing to be having all of these parts of my life and my background and education and all of the things and also what I've been working toward finally start to make sense because completely honestly for quite some time they felt like they didn't fit together so it's it's really cool to see them starting to finally come together. But more than that, I'm really, 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 really stoked to be sharing this program with the world and to be supporting others in this same exact process of creating an entirely new narrative for themselves. You know, this is something that I'm sharing this one example. I think it's really potent because it really does illustrate how tangible and human and like 3D, if you will, of an experience this gets to be. Like I've said a couple of times, it's, it doesn't have to be this crazy out there thing. And so I'm so, so, so excited to be 
birthing this and sharing this and you know guiding people through this process and and to see what they're able to create for themselves i just feel really you know honored and humbled that this has been my path and and this is what i now get to share and so I'll share more about that later. Um, you can always go over to my Instagram and find more information about that. You know, shoot me questions. My DMs are always open, all that kind of stuff. But I want to kind of leave it there for this episode. My last two parting shots, I guess, my parting gifts to you. First of all, today's installment of What the fuck am I doing? I was in New York a few weeks ago. And I went to my very first Broadway show. It was a lovely experience. However, <laughs> it took a, a fun twist. My friend who was coming to the show with me, there were three of us, and he had texted me before the show saying, hey, do you want to take a little bit of mushrooms <laughs> before we go to the show? And y'all, you know, outing myself, I take mushrooms for fun and not just medicine because I'm a human and I like to have fun. <laughs> whatever. And so he texted me this. We had actually talked about it uh, like a week or so prior when I had seen him last on a snowboard trip. And so I was like, sure, you know, we'll, we'll take a little bit. You know, I'm not trying to like go out of my mind here, just like a, a microdose, maybe a little bit more than a microdose. And so we agreed. We all went to dinner after dinner. He was like, here, here's your, your mushrooms. And he told me he got penis envy mushrooms, which if you're not familiar, those are one of the strongest strains. Not sure if they're the strongest, but they're one of the stronger strains. So I was like, oh my God, why, why did you get these? We're literally just going to a show. And I was like, okay, again, small amount. Give me a small amount. <laughs> and so I take it. We get on the train. We get to the theater. We sit down, we watch the first half. It's a lovely time. I saw Book of Mormon. So funny. And I come back from going to the restroom at intermission and I sit down and I'm finally starting to see I'm going to start laughing so hard, I feel like, but I finally start to see things moving on the screen or whatever they had that was, you know, down in front of the stage. There was this really pretty, like, kind of outer space stars sort of scene. And things were starting to twinkle and the colors were starting to shift a little bit. And I was like, oh, this is going to be nice. It's so light. And I knew things were about to take a turn when they started the second half. And one of the actors comes out and I'm literally kind of seeing two of him. There was him and then slightly behind him to one side was basically a hologram version of him who was glowing. And I was like, OK, well, that's interesting. I'm just going to see everything's going to be glowy and bright. And then shortly after that, there were like five hologram versions of him. There was this one scene where there's a bunch of guys in these white outfits all on stage at the same time. And I swear to God, there were like seven times as many of them as there actually were. It looked really pretty and angelic, though, I'm not going to lie. But basically, everything went zero to 60 in a real short amount of time. There was nothing in the theater that was not moving. I was like reminding myself to sit up straight. I'm probably making this sound like it's not funny, but it was it was really, really, really hilarious. And I'm still enjoying the show. I was having a great time. I think the funniest part, though, is I was trying to convince myself. I was having this conversation with myself that the stage was not actually moving. 
because it literally looked like the sides of the stage were shrinking and the whole stage was kind of shrinking in on itself if that makes sense it was really wild so i mean i guess long story short we ended up having a real strong trip in the middle of this theater still greatly enjoyed the show had a lovely time also watched the theater collapse in on itself while i was watching this show mushrooms are a trip man literally didn't intend to say that (laughs) pun not really intended but it was a really good time so anyway that is my what the fuck am i doing installment of the week and as your last little parting fact questions with caitlin for the day When I was in LA, I had lunch with a friend and she was so sweet. She brought me this tiny little potted cactus as a, you know, congratulations, you finally launched your podcast gift. So sweet, so thoughtful. And he's now my car cactus. His name is Rob. I'll post a picture of him over on Instagram, maybe. I was thinking about Rob and, you know, plants and pots. I have a ton of pots and plants that I'm literally staring at. They're right in front of me. And I just love plants. And it got me thinking, like, who was the first person who decided to dig a plant out of the ground and put it in a pot and take it with them? Or did they perhaps cut off part of the plant and then put that in a pot and take that with them? You know, what was the advent of the potted plant like? Who did it? I don't even know if this information exists out in the world, but I got really curious about it. And so I wanted to leave you with that. So now you can wonder about that, too. If anybody finds that information, I'm very certain it doesn't exist, but that'd be really cool. You should let me know. So that's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps me out so, so much to grow the show, get on some amazing guests, which I have so many more of coming up for you. I'm really, really stoked about. And if you have a what the fuck am I doing story that you would like to submit, you can DM it to me over on Instagram for a chance for your story to be featured. And that's all I have for you. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. We will talk next time. Bye.